six of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montilla, occasionally known as the number one draft pick of the Steel Cage Draft, and I am joined once again by some of my bestest friends in the whole wide world. Joining me first, um, he is known as the Lauren Hill of this podcast. It's your <laughs> Uncle Beak. Oh Lord, I man. Hey everybody. You did that to yourself before Indeed. this show started, but yeah. How 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 are you? How I'm are well, things? man. I've watched uh, so much wrestling in the last couple of days, and I still have some N one episodes from Noah to get through in order to podcast with Chris. So wow, I'm, I'm watching a ton of wrestling lately, buddy. Yeah, no, and it's it's fun, and we're gonna talk about the big weekend that you watched and some of the fallout from that. Uh, but also joining us, he's occasionally gone till November. It's the Wyclef John of this podcast. It's Rock Knowledge. What up, Rock? <laughs> so I'm the guy that breaks up the Fugees. You are. You are. Yeah. But you made a lot of money off of it also. Yeah. Like enough to not work anymore, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I am gone till November, so yep. whatever. <laughs> and you Who have knows, man? plenty of draft analysis for us and plenty to hate on, I'm sure. So. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm going to be the Mel Kuyper of this episode. Of yes. Yes. Thank We're you. We're going to so break much. down the draft pick by pick. Yep. We're going to go all over. <laughs> yeah. See, see who really, uh, see who really furthered their franchise here from one show to another. Uh, yeah, what a, brand came out on top? The, so, when, when you really look Always back right. about the draft and you see like who got drafted before who, it 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 can be an infuriating thing. Shout out to Alistair Black for getting picked behind pretty much everybody, but that's a whole other thing we can get into. First, what I would like to get into is the big weekend in indie wrestling which was known as the Collective out in Indianapolis. Uh, How convenient. There was a fun wrestling show that would have normally happened in conjunction. Indian Indy. Uh, There was a, uh, I I believe, a a key to the city was given out. I'm not sure. I don't know. It was declared Indy Wrestling Day. The wrestling weekend, yeah, whatever. It's a national holiday. It's a national holiday. Everybody in Indianapolis got the day off. But you had to fight your neighbor. That was part of it. You had to fight a neighbor or hit somebody with a steel chair in order to have the day off. Uh, But yeah, no, it was the collective weekend. Basically, a bunch of small indie promotions got together with GCW and held their shows. Very similar to what we would see during WrestleMania weekend, uh, wherever WrestleMania weekend would take place. I I thought it was, for the most part an understandable idea and i was excited about the you know the what what they were doing you know i i felt like they were trying to make their own thing happen in indie wrestling and that was cool however i was very aware of the concerns with covid and everything going on and at times i will say that i was surprised about how many people were in some of the venues and some of the venues being indoors just some of the stuff going on, right? Um, but that doesn't take away from the fun. Beak watched a lot of the collective. So I wanted to first kind of pick your brain about what um, what shows stood out to you. It's, it's hard in a weekend like this, especially when you did what you did, which was pretty much watch all of it. Uh, there's a lot of similar 
matchups. There's there's a lot of guys taking on people. Like you're seeing the same wrestlers throughout the weekend. Very similar to what we see again during WrestleMania weekend. Like you, you think you're gonna get tickets to these different shows, and you end up, you know, for the most part, seeing a lot of the same guys because they're all in town and they're all getting booked by the different promotions. So I just wanted to see what stood out to you as like the 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 shows that were memorable. Sure. Uh, first, I want to touch base on like what you're talking about as far as like, the event being scheduled at this time as kind of like a makeup for WrestleMania stuff. I was actually scheduled to go to pretty much all of these shows WrestleMania weekend before COVID destroyed everyone's plans. And when they rescheduled these shows, at first I was like, oh, hell yeah, Indiana, let's go. Oh, wait, there is still a pandemic going on. So me, I chose uh, the safe route and stayed home to enjoy the event. And it, it actually all took place at one venue, which made it interesting for like uh, timing stuff where shows maybe run over a little bit and shows have to go a little bit later. I saw but, I saw a lot of that. I saw uh, it wasn't a, too bad, though. Right. I, yeah. I, I well, I guess I guess what I saw was people complaining about it at times and then other people saying, hey. If you've ever been to a pro wrestling show, you know that they're the 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 end time on the party invitation usually is a question mark, right? Yep. And sometimes oh, so these like events. Rap shows. Are... Yes, like rap shows. Yes, correct. Okay. And a lot of these events, like have on the main events, maybe a, a death match occurred. So that's <laughs> you just want to have somebody come out roll around in that. No, no, thank you. Uh, but as far as shows that really stood out, I think the. Uh, Jimmy's show really set the pace for the entire weekend. I actually really enjoyed that show quite a bit. Um, and then, dude, honestly, I, every show I could put over pretty much uh, for the culture was probably the most, my most enjoyed show top to bottom. That was just stacked. Um, we had Sup Graps. They had Daniel Maccabe versus Lee Moriarty, which is a, show, a match that I was excited for going into the weekend. And it totally lived up to all expectations. And I, I think a lot of people probably were even surprised that Daniel pulled out the win on that one, but that was a tremendous match. Did you actually get an opportunity to catch that one, Derek? No, I did not. But I will say that every all the talk of the weekend is about both of those guys. I've heard a lot of different names brought up, but uh, when asked about their favorite matches or when people were discussing uh, their favorite matches... Lee was constantly involved and Daniel's name got brought up consistently. I think yeah. both of those guys made a huge impression on a lot of fans. They, they, I think Daniel's only matchup was with Lee, but seriously, it still was a tremendous match. Uh, I, I AJ, saw, I saw all the book this guy thing. And then I know that um, black label pro had some wrestlers not be able to make it. So there was a consensus from the, the fan base that wanted to see uh, Makabe take that spot and that would been nice. Call call him up, you know. Um, and I get uh, it. I get it. When you see somebody that really impresses you like that, you know there's in they're in town still possibly, and there's that opportunity. Yeah, man. I mean, that's how that's how those things happen. And the next thing you know, the the guy's the biggest star for a promotion or whatever. That's that's why wrestling's so cool. Dude, you know me. I've been singing the praises of Daniel since he was just pretty much working three to one for the most part. He's right. always been great, and he's just getting better and better. And, uh, and, and, then, and more noticed. He's getting more noticed, definitely. 
Yeah, well-deserved. And uh, another standout match was Lee Moriarty and ACH. Again, Lee, huge hit of the weekend. And then probably AJ Gray were probably the biggest standouts of the weekend. I think AJ worked almost every show damn near. I think he missed maybe one show. But yeah, he worked damn near every show. With a fucking cracked rib the whole time. With a cracked rib. What a maniac. But yeah, AJ Gray, what a what a talent. I sent this motherfucker a DM and said, how's the rib, bro? And he responded with cracked, LMAO. Cracked, LMAO. And I said, Jesus Christ, you're a madman. And he just responded with, best on the indies, baby. That's fucking AJ Gray. I love that guy. I love him. So is that like, is that akin to Kurt Angle winning the gold medal with a broken frickin' neck? I'm going to say go. that's very akin to that. I mean, okay. it's, but it's, you know, the one thing that you could say is uh, a neck is definitely worse than a rib, but Kurt Angle also didn't work how many shows over the course of three fucking days with the broken neck? Yeah, there's a big difference there. You know, I think that uh, indie wrestling, professional wrestling, there's a lot of this, so this isn't new for a lot of these guys. Yeah. But, you know, I think coming off of the talk that AJ Gray's had since the PWI 500 thing, and, you know, he's great on social media. He's fucking outstanding in matches. He's just a shit talker, and, I, like, I love him. And he's one of those guys that you, you don't really want him anywhere else but doing what he's doing. He's like Nick Gage. I love him. He's one of the best wrestlers that I, I like. If I see him on a card, that instantly make things makes things better for me. I don't want him going to like television, you know. Unfiltered like AJ is best AJ. Unfiltered, right? And it's same thing with Gage. Like you're just never going to be able to get a version of those guys that's as good as what they do, but that's also television acceptable. You know, it sucks to say that. I think AJ is talented enough to probably pull some shit off for TV. I think he could be on Impact or AEW or whatever. I, I think he could dial it back just enough where he's not saying the curse words you're not allowed to say on TV. But even if he does, they can no bleep swearing. him out. You know, no swearing. No you know, no get him around Danhausen for a little bit. He'll be good. Um, so what else though? Who? Uh, anybody else stand out to you? Anybody else that you? Was there anybody you have never seen before that like this was your first chance seeing him and? You kind of got that crush, that that oh, wrestling fan crush on. Sure. Dude, I am loving Top Flight, uh, the tag team of brothers. It's I know it's Angel Dorado and Airwolf. They're oh yeah, freaking yeah, rad. Yeah, dude, they're so good and so innovative. I love Airwolf. Just got a great story and actually real brothers, not gimmicks. So that's cool. That's love always it. cool. Yeah. Uh, I love to see the I love the return of Too Cold. I mean, I know I've seen him before, but I, seeing him back in there and wrestling with AJ and actually doing the two big high spots he's known for, the freaking flipping, uh, the moonsault leg drop, and then the flipping leg drop. He fucking did both. Fucking gnarly. And I hadn't actually seen Manders wrestle, the cowboy guy, the guy yeah. who did the cowboy gimmick. I he's love, actually, he's rad, dude. People really love rad. him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I got him confused with, with Manser for a while there until I figured out they were two different people, but... Uh, <laughs> old man's Warner. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's what I love about weekends like this, especially during WrestleMania, because for me specifically, it's about, it's about going and, and being with my friends, but you have the WrestleMania thing and then you have these type of shows, you know, and 
this kind of exposure, being around the WWE fans and getting to see them is 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 great. It's it. I think that's the benefit. That's the difference between them having a weekend like this versus actually having it take place during a WrestleMania. But if they can't have the WrestleMania weekend, this definitely to me seemed like a good idea until we kind of got some of these reports coming out of, uh, you know, first we had people kind of, you know, screenshotting a lot of tweets about people getting sick during the collective. Uh, but now we have people actually making the declaration wrestlers. Uh, we have Dan, the dad tweeting out that he, uh, has tested positive for COVID-19 there's a, a widespread... Real quick, before we go on, the irony of that is somebody legitimately tweeted out, and I saw this well before it occurred, is like, imagine catching COVID for seeing a Dan the Dad match. I was like, damn, that's mean, but then the irony of this... Oh Dan my god. Got it. Right? I mean, I I saw uh, uh, the, the, the jokes in general about imagine catching a GCW show... And, and and catching COVID for it. I am going to the GCW show in California this weekend. And I am definitely having second thoughts about it. Um, it sounds like like the, the show I'm going to was originally planned for Slab City. And it's still an outdoor show. It was originally supposed to be an outdoor show. Uh, you kept together with your party. Uh, I'm allowed to bring my like tailgating canopy and my own chairs and shit like that. But it seemed like for the most part, and this was pre-collective, like it wasn't that bad of an idea. I was like, all right, well, I mean, they've held a couple of events. They've held them outside. Uh, the collective was held indoors, um, which I think was part of uh, a lot of people's issue with, with holding it with fans. And then, but I mean, you know, we've seen other events with, with fans. We've seen much larger events, football games and stuff being held with fans. It's just, it's pro wrestling. It's in a state that didn't really have very tight regulations on, uh, wearing masks and things like that. There, there's, there's a lot of bad all tied into this and it seems like it's slowly getting work worse as the week progresses. Uh, I, I don't I saw a dude not wearing a mask, Derek, and I, I tweeted <laughs> tweeted Josh, uh, Hollywood Josh, and he tweeted the wrestling company, and then I saw them walk up to him and make it put it on. It was like, <laughs> I just inf- I'm watching TV, and I just influenced you that just guy's influenced- life. He's not wearing a mask because of me. <laughs> yeah, I did that. That was me. I made that happen. Look, man, yeah, dude, I mean... It's ridiculous. Like, I am kind of concerned for you going, Derek, to be completely honest with you, because I... I love professional wrestling. I'm a nut. I freaking love it. But I don't think it's worth seeing a show live at during the pandemic in order to, and risking it. Imagine how dumb you're going to feel if you come home and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I got COVID. I might give it to my kid because I wanted to go see wrestling. In- yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. Because I'm going to go see Sabu beat up some guy. Yeah, man. Hey, not even just that, bro. Just think about the wrath of the group chat. Oh yeah, it's gonna be bad. I just I won't appear in the group chat anymore. That's how that will yeah. be. What happened to Derek? He got he, COVID and yeah. died in the group if, chat. If if you guys don't see me tweeting and I'm not existent in the group chat, you can guarantee that I came up positive with COVID. That's a guarantee. Like I I don't know. Like this sucks because 
again, I purchased this before the collective was even planned. Um, they had announced this show in Slab City. So when and, things were less were less positive about gathering. Oh yeah, things <laughs> were way worse, and I purchased the tickets. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I love you. No, I just didn't get a chance to see this stuff. Look, man, I have been taking chances left and right, so I'm not going to act like I have been a person that has been <coughs> staying at home. But I will also yeah. say that I work from home, and I do stay stay at home for like two weeks stints all the time. Um, the only guy I'm going out with is Rock, and we go out for some beers every now and again at a yes. uh, brewery very close to me that uh, takes this whole fucking COVID situation very seriously. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful to have a place that actually does take it seriously. And, you know, it impacts their business ridiculously because of the amount of uh, dead space that they have in their location now. But, again, it feels nice to be able to go somewhere that feels like people are taking it safe. People are wearing masks. Uh, the distancing is all there. All of that. I have been to places that I've had to leave because even I didn't feel safe at, at going, you know, to because not everywhere does that. Not everywhere believes in it. People think this shit is like in some way something you can control or predict. And that's what I feel like I'm doing here. And that's why it doesn't feel great. You know, it, it felt better before I started seeing uh, what was going on with the collective. Who else got COVID? Um, who else has been confirmed? Or... I, I don't know who else has COVID, but I also know that there was another situation with, uh, I won't say a sexual assault, but unwanted sexual advances by a wrestler towards someone who makes gear during the collective. Uh, oh, that's boy. kind of spread. I didn't hear about that one as well, yeah. Yeah, um, and you know, like... I hate some of these situations because they turn me into a person who's now like analyzing and critiquing how a uh, sexual unwanted sexual advance, you know, was could be perceived or how big of a deal should it be or how much should this person being canceled. But to be honest, you're a fucking idiot if you're doing anything that's going to possibly cost you, you know, uh, opportunities in the pro wrestling business uh, by doing anything uh, that that would or, be perceived as a as a sec unwanted sexual advance or even why would you just sexual do so assault. as a human being regardless of how much it's going to affect your career or not that's that that that's a great point as well I mean I'm 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 being a dick by even saying that but you're absolutely <laughs> like, right why why like this guy's like you're dude. Your career, man. Think about it. No. Well, and <laughs> I, I, I think the thing is, is this particular, uh, you know, this particular. Do we situation, know who this individual is? Yeah, it's it's Logan Stunt, Marco Stunt's brother. Oh. Yeah. Are you I was not aware. Brother? No. Well, actually, I think he is by a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but they're very similar. They're very they're they're both oh. very small gentlemen and. It, it, it's like I said, it's one of those situations. I'm not going to get into it because it definitely is one of those situations where you could start breaking down um, even how everything went down and really trying to say like, yeah, I get this as a, as a dumb fucking move, but I also don't see it as being like this situation that it's developing into. But 
with the climate in professional wrestling, with everything that's happened, anything that you do that that would be perceived as unwanted, like if he groped some girl, legitimately fucked that guy. I mm-hmm. I'd like to know if it's true or not, but if that's the case, if he just if your way to make a move on a girl is to grab it's her, to grope them, it, yes, yeah, that, like fucked. what you're the fucked. fuck? I, you know what? Here here's okay. I'm gonna say what I was talking to my wife about, and you know, fuck it. I'll probably be fucking considered a dumbass for this, but whatever. I told my wife, you know, reading this, it's weird because on one hand, there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, that seems like, you know, like that, yeah, that may, that doesn't surprise me, right? Like that seems like something that, um, you know, a dumbass young person would do misreading a situation where they think that a girl that's a friend of theirs is more than a friend because guys, especially at that age, don't really think of any girl as being a friend if they are single. They just think of any girl as being, like, a potential a, mate. Yeah, she's aware that I want to have sexual relations she's with her. She's gotta be, right? I'm a guy, she's a girl, right. I'm but talking then, to her. But then when you read the thing, I like I told my wife, I'm like, you know what's funny about that? There's times where, you know, like... Even with my wife in the confines of our home when we both been drinking, I wouldn't just start groping her, right? Like, I would, like, politely ask if she was interested in doing some more and maybe advance. But I'm not, like, I'm literally not that kind of person that's like, ah, come here, I'm just going to start groping you so that you know I'm horny and let's get this on, right? So, like, from one aspect, I, I, I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's just... It's that, it's that, oh, it's guys being guys bullshit, right? But then when I think of the way I act as a person, I'm like, yeah, no, I fucking wouldn't do that to my wife, who I've been married to for 10 years and have been with together as a couple for 20 years. So, yeah, what, I guess what you it are tells me, though, bad. is unfortunately at some point in time, that moved worked for Logan. And he's like, well, this one I got. I've got this move. I will utilize it. Oh, shit, no. Bad, bad, bad. That's, that's a really good point, man. And, yeah, you're probably right. I think that's why a lot of the guys end up behaving the way they do. It's like right. some girl either did not take offense or was not willing to say something because she didn't want to make it a bigger deal because you know how men could be if they're, hey, you fucked up. It's like, I didn't fuck up. I, so, it, it's, it's I don't kind, know. It's Maybe kind, we should move on. I know, it's all shitty, right? Because I'm sitting here about to talk about how, like, dudes manipulate women by saying how they're going to, like, kill themselves and shit. And other people are like, I don't see the problem with that. And I'm like, you don't see the problem with that? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, but yeah, you're yeah, right. Let's just move on. Also, some type of, I'll just say one thing on that. Also, the wrestling fans support a guy after it's revealed that he did something ridiculous that's clearly ridiculous that he's even apologized for. But they still have dudes like, nah, bruh. You did nothing wrong. Yeah. So yeah. All and, right. What is and, it? Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about Juicy Fanoi, who showed up. Uh, he took a trip from the West Coast all the way to Indiana just to do some ring crew in hopes of getting on some shows, and he got on a couple of shows. So that's let's say let's talk about how awesome that is for a brief moment. Because that's that's amazing, and not only that, but then he is being advertised now for this show that I'm talking about potentially going to uh which is the last resort juicy imagine getting covid to seeing juicy i'd do (laughs) it no but it's i i don't know man i think that that stories like that it takes me back to willie mack pwg credited willie mack because willie mack got his 
start by being part of the PWG crew and and doing the exact type of thing, right? Like flying out just to help out. Uh, I saw a couple of great stories featured throughout the weekend, but Juicy's is obviously the best one. You know, I think that that's one of those situations where someone literally took fate by by the horns and and directed it. You know, like it's it's incredible because you don't know how that's going to turn out, and it could end up being this huge financial loss for you at the end of the day, or it could be the big break that you needed, and now. Luckily, just happens to be a legitimate giant, so everything worked out. Sure, I mean, it's it's kind of like a lot of things, right? I I was talking with Danny Limelight, um, and I did minutes with the mayor's back, and we did an interview, and and the one thing that we talked about was like being ready for an opportunity when it comes, right? Like you can get opportunities in today's day and age with your ability on social media and other platforms to fake your way into a situation, you can gain opportunities, but it's what you do when you're given with those opportunities that dictates how that situation goes. If you're prepared and you're ready and you just finagle your way into a situation where you get uh, a match or an opportunity with a company or whatever, but in that opportunity you shine and you fucking did something with that opportunity then that's the shit. And that's kind of what Juicy did over the weekend with the collective. You know, he really took an opportunity to come out, you know, be ring crew and, and make his way onto shows because opportunities come up. People end up not being able to perform. People get injured. There's lots of things. Somebody gets mad about some shit and just leaves on, you know, after their match on Friday night and then doesn't, doesn't come back and doesn't make their bookings for the rest of the weekend. That shit happens, you know, and if you're there and you're ready to go, then man, magical things can happen for you. And, and I think that's the case here. I, I, I love that story. You know, I think that's the, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Successful segue. Yeah. Out, out of, out of the terribleness that is all of that other stuff. But, uh, we had, we had what, what many have been calling what, could be the match of the year take place uh and we haven't discussed it yet but it was at nxt takeover between finn and our man kyle o'reilly so mm. yeah guys what were your thoughts on this man i mean i i think uh between the broken jaws and uh everything that <laughs> happened we got to see finn play o'reilly like a guitar I, 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 I felt like this match delivered on every possible level. Absolutely. It's, it, it's a shame that it was cut short by a little bit of time due to the broken jaw and the busted teeth that O'Reilly had. But those boys were in there. They were doing it. Um, it was a hard-hitting, very stiff match. Um, you know, Obviously. They pulled enough punches. They, you know, they, went, <laughs> they, they went full fucking speed. Um, and put on a damn clinic, man. They, it was just back and forth, and it was just... Um, we all know what Finn Balor can do, um, and most people should know what Kyle O'Reilly could do, but you're used to seeing Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly in NXT as a part of a tag team. So to see him get that moment to shine, and shine that boy did, um, I, I, I'm pleased with it. I'm looking forward to what the eventual rematch, which will happen when both guys are healthy, I'm sure, um, 
It was fucking great, man. I loved it. Finn's jaw is fucking ridiculous looking oh right God. now, man. <laughs> you know, and it's it's funny you say that about O'Reilly because I am no by no means do I consider myself a PWG regular, right? But that guy was the PWG champion for a, a long period of time while I was oh, going he? Yeah, while I was going to the shows. But you okay. know, the okay. champion, the guy. And I just saw him put on some classic singles matches and stuff. And like, don't get me wrong. I love the partnership with Bobby fish as, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in ring of honor. And then it carried over to NXT and they did everything that they did. Seeing him though, break out and have this moment and, you know, kind of wherever they're going with the storyline. Like, I I don't know if they're going to break up undisputed era, but you could definitely get the feeling that O'Reilly's leave leaning, towards being like a big time baby face. And I don't think that there's any stopping that. I, I, I can't even say it's a heel turn or a face turn because I feel like he's been faced this entire time, like marching down the, the entrance ramp with the belts and playing them like a fucking guitar. Like everybody else in undisputed era was heels, but he was just tagging along as the baby face of the group this whole time. And now he's kind Wait, of, it's a guitar. I thought he was doing like a washboard thing, like he's washing his clothes. No, no, it was a mm. no. He was playing guitar. Oh he was shit! Play, he's playing the song. <laughs> he's playing cooler. the entrance music. Yeah, it, it is way cooler, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, uh, dude, what'd I you the think? Match was freaking rad, dude! Like, yeah, dude, it was fucking. Rad. I've been watching a lot of N one, not the G one. I decided to go with Noah this year. I can't watch too many damn Japanese wrestling tournaments in a year. That's uh, racist. I've been watching some what. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> Damn it! I tried to avoid that shit. I didn't know I did. Anyway, that was almost as bad as Jr. with the Orientals. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't anywhere nearly as bad as that. But go ahead. No, it wasn't. I was just. <laughs> being, I was just being uh, so yeah, the, I've been watching some really, really stiff wrestling. So I thought it was fucking rad, and. Honestly, being someone who's been following Kyle Riley since early in ROH, yeah, he's been awesome forever. So it's awesome that he's finally getting a time to shine. But it's unfortunate uh, it comes with such a hard, a big cost. The, the serious injuries for both gentlemen. Yeah, this stuff that's supposed to be a work, brothers. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's supposed to be a work, but it turned into a shoot, and they worked themselves into a shoot during this match. You know what? This I should re- be breaking your buddy's jaw if like. Sure, they they probably had an agreement, man. Let's just go as snug as possible, and yeah. if shit happens, shit happens. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? Because we have said for years that we wanted to see this kind of stuff. And NXT, if uh, of, between all the brands, NXT has always been the one that's delivered. Uh, with some of the guys that they currently have on their roster between O'Reilly and Roddy, Oni Lorkin, they have a lot of hard-hitting guys that go uh, as close to what we like to call the the strong style as possible, right? But it, it it's interesting because if I would have heard that two of the biggest stars in New Japan had broken one guy's teeth and the other guy broke the other guy's jaw, I would have been like, that's badass, right? <laughs> But when I see it happen on WWE television for a multi-billion dollar corporation, I'm like, why did you do this? Don't do this. This is ridiculous. Stop that. It's pretty shocking. And then at the same time, it makes you wonder, like, 
well, if they can allow guys to go this hard sometimes, why can't they do it all the time? But then this is why. This is why. This is why they right. can't do it all the time. Yeah. Right. And I've said that before. I've said that on this program. If you go back two or three years, there was a time where we were talking about, you know, why can't WWE be more like New Japan? Why can't it be more like the Indies? Well, New Japan, these fucking guys are trained from from the womb if they're going to be a wrestler <laughs> to be taking shots like this. And, I mean, honestly, the indie guys that do this shit, they're trying to create a legacy for themselves. They're trying to create that that legend of, of them as an indie star so that a company like WWE can sign them and that they can stop doing this shit where they break their jaws and, you know, hurt themselves doing fucking outlandish stunts, you know. But that still doesn't stop Joey Janela from jumping off a goddamn fucking, uh, you know, field goal uh, during the halftime of a football game. He is signed by AEW. They are on TNT. Can someone tell him he doesn't need to do this shit anymore? No? I think technically he jumped off a goal post. That field goal post? I'm... <laughs> I write sports. Yeah, if he jumped off of a field goal, that'd be fucking God damn it. You do I'm, write sports. That I'm good with words. Run. I'm good with words, you guys. You got a case of the yips too? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Earlier tonight been... JR on uh AEW said uh Swole is a former veteran. <laughs> <laughs> People sometimes have trouble with words. He's a professional announcer. Speaking yeah. of good old JR, do you see the little bit of heat that's on him right now for a picture he posted? What's he do now? <laughs> he posted he a picture. A, oh, go ahead. Of his housekeeper <laughs> and posted it on the socials. She's uh, cleaning something, like like reaching with a sweeper or a, a duster or something, so it's from behind and it's just mm-hmm. her butt. At the back of her, but it's looking at her butt, basically. Oh, and you yeah. JR... People are like, it implies that he's just being a creeper, which I agree with. And other people are like, how do you know she didn't know he was doing it? It's like, uh, because the picture implies that she doesn't know. Yeah, if if she's looking back and giving a wink, then yeah, she knew. But if she's just working and he took a picture of her ass while bent over and then posted it without permission onto social media. She, she wasn't necessarily bent over. She was just standing and stretching, but still she was wearing tight pants. And then the worst part about it, when people call them on it, Derek, he's like, I just did it to troll you guys. So he, oh, by saying that, I say that it readily it. admits it's somewhat of a creepy photo. <laughs> like, you're it. not helping yourself. You dude. totally did not. What if JR was the creeper all along and not the king? He hell is, dude. He, he pulled, posted a picture. He has the best cover. He has the best cover day. ever. Like Jerry the King Lawler is your cover. Yeah. By anybody's examination, it's like, well, clearly you're not a creep because look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> not only is he not a creep by comparison, but he could blame any terrible thing he says on J- on, on, on the king. king. He could be like, look, this is what happens when you sit next to this guy for seven years. This is yeah, yeah, but when he was fooled. Posted his crotch. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Was that his big hog when he was getting his feet done? You mean that one? Yeah. He's got a big hog. Someone come over here and slobber this knocker. He just needed someone to know. Slobber. Slobber this knocker. 
<laughs> oh crap. Well, does Jr. do commentary while he's fucking? I don't. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> nobody Go wants. Almighty! Nobody Go wants almighty! to hear that. Nobody. Oh, damn it. What's Kane doing there? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 426. I need to. Oh, sorry. Uh, So, you guys want to talk draft? WWE draft? Why not? Uh, Kind of a joke. Kind of not. Especially shitty this year. Um, Really stupid. It's always stupid. I know it's always stupid, but. There's just really things that you're like, I, you don't have to make it this terrible. You know, they don't have to make it as ridiculous. Like, I actually didn't mind when it started off on SmackDown. They were choosing their own champions and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I get all of this. This makes sense. Of course, that's what they would do. But um, I don't think I ever need to see the draft where they talk about who's staying on the same shows. Yeah. <laughs> What's that about? We've drafted, uh, oh, we've made no, we've, there's no move here, everyone. What a gigantic waste of my time it felt like so many of those rounds when, like, one person moved. And I'm like, really? I fucking, I'm fucking, I'm cooking, and I came back, and I'm burning my chicken to find out Lars Sullivan's on SmackDown now. Are you fucking shitting me? If you think about it, they literally booked nothing. It's like, legitimately nothing happened and they booked that as a part of the storyline yeah so i guess what we'll say is um and not to put you guys on the spot because i know you didn't prepare for this necessarily but who stood out to you as being like the uh most important moves of of the draft like the ones that actually did something for you for one one reason or another i'll start with you rock Hmm. Um. I don't know, Matt. Because honestly, I was just kind of underwhelmed by most of it. Um. I'm. I'm glad to see. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be happy to see what they. How they book Bianca Belair on SmackDown. Okay. Um. She is a legitimate. She's gonna be a fucking superstar, man. I love Bianca Belair. I liked. Um, I liked those EST uh, promos, and, but they got old really fast for me. I won't yeah, lie. Well, they, it was yeah, well, same yeah, thing like Mister yeah. Perfect vignettes. They're, they're the work. exact same thing, right? But they're like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, are are they going for her to be a heel, or is she just going to be like so good that she's a shit talking face? I mean, I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling. Once Sasha Banks beats Bailey, you're going to see them in a program at some point. You think she'll work heel? Uh, That's my question. She can. She can. But no, I, mean, I know I she can. I think she's more. I think she's more face right now because of all her all of her you know involvement with the street profits. Um, does know, does was, that even matter? Was, I mean, like, really? As even as I'm asking it, does like is there is there a face heel thing? Because at, at times I find myself sitting there watching certain guys work lately. And it feels like WWE is finally like putting people where they should be. Like they're not trying as hard to resist, go against the grain and resist what a true nature of someone is. So mm-hmm. it feels like everybody's dialing back to a position of where like they should be in a way to me. Or, right? 
or to counter that, Derek, maybe WWE's booking is working you so well you think that's happening. No, I I mean, <laughs> just yeah, like, no, I know, but I mean, be, like, there's just a, there's a lot of people that they switch from like heel to face or the other way around. Sure, I, I'm like, yeah, I I don't I don't know. Okay, uh, I I mean, off the top of my head, I think of like Elias, you know, and now they have Elias came back. He's obviously working heel. He's talking about doing the fucking concert next week and shit. I'm excited for that. Like Elias that's is a one better, of the, that's a better Elias. The baby face Elias is it, it just doesn't work. Not fun. Right. And and I mean, especially with what they did, they definitely had it be uh very much like a getting his ass kicked all the time and stuff. Like at times I feel like they're so lost on what to do with somebody like that as a baby face that they just fall into these very generic storylines that that they know how to do because they could do it with anybody at any point you know but the moves they made with raw dude raw's even more stacked than it was before they got so many people like my favorite or the pick you asked for i personally is aj styles i'm really stoked to see what they do with him because clearly he's going to be in the main event picture it'd be weird for him not to be him and drew mcintyre uh, after Drew is done with this Randy Orton stuff, could be really, really phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't do that on purpose. No, you fucking yes, you did. Mouth. You fucking liar. No, you I was so saying it, and shit. then all of a sudden, shit. Yep. I use phenomenal all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't believe you. And I I'm going to say phenomenal. That's earlier today. Mm, phenomenal. My my excitement is uh, the Fiend moving over to raw i think the rock really? really use that and i think he's one of those guys that could help them uh fill some time you know like i feel at times like the smackdown segments with him are kind of uh can be rushed when he's doing like the firefly funhouse or whatever so he's the perfect guy to help out raw with the full three hours it seems like raw underground is is gone away at least a little bit we haven't had it for Stay two away. weeks uh, I'm sure it'll Stay be back. Lost. You think it'll be back or no? You think it's gone? I hope not. I, I hated that shit. Oh man, I was just I was enjoying it. They it did get some guys over. Some it was starting people. it was starting to work for me. I will say the same thing. Yeah, I, I kind of started to like it. I came around on it. Once the hurt business got in there and took over, I really started to enjoy it. And the only thing that still irritated me was Shane going, "Oh, look at ow, ow." Oh my God! Look, Riddick. What? Is, oh, yeah, that and the that and the camera cuts. Like I still think back about when I was talking about last episode, uh, when there was like a solid thirty second camera shot during one of the episodes of Raw Underground, and I was like, "This is actually really good." Like someone fell asleep. You don't have to necessarily do it from the standard, you know, hard cam position. You could do it from a position where it's a cameraman in the crowd with some people kind of getting in front of them and stuff. And that might still give you that same illusion that you're going for by doing all the million camera cuts, right? But holy shit, man, they couldn't even not do like a million camera cuts during like the most basic shit during Raw, Raw Underground. It was it was ridiculous, you know. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them bust it out every now and again or even maybe use it as like a grudge match kind of situation where they go settle it in the underground. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be kind of dope. Possibly. Uh, for me, or it was... like, maybe Daba Kato, like, every time he challenged somebody, come meet me in the underground. Like, yeah, yeah, happens. yeah. That's, like, his 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 home base, his, his lair. It's his boiler room, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad to see Bray Wyatt uh, on Raw. I think he's going to do good things. I'm glad they brought 
uh, Alexa Bliss over with him. The two of them together have been just enchanting to me. I've Braun been, too. And Braun, yeah. That whole situation can continue to play out on Raw. Like what you said about AJ, though, it also gives some additional challengers to Drew, like real challengers. I will say at times that, you know, we've talked about SmackDown being better, but SmackDown is just smarter about what they do with the talent that they're given is, is really what I feel like they've been with lately. You, you, you couldn't tell me before all of this happened that a Roman Reigns, Jey Uso match for the championship belt was going to be as great as this entire rivalry has been, you know, but weird. Right. But Roman Reigns, you know, being this Godfather like character now with the way that he's trying to tell like Jay that he was, I was trying to help you, you know, and like have these really sincere, even though he's obviously like the dick bag in the situation, have these really sincere things to say that makes him sound like he cares about Jay Uso, you know, like, We've talked in the past how WWE used to do a better job at giving their heels uh, motivation than their faces, right? But this is one of those situations where everything that they've put together has just played out well. Similar to what they've done with Bray Wyatt and uh, Alexa Bliss, I've really enjoyed what they've done. The story they've told has been phenomenal. And it, it all kind of transcended from this match with Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman you know, teaming with Alexa Bliss during the that mixed tag team challenge way back in the day and the whole team little big thing little big, and all of that, yeah. you know. Uh it's it's a good play on history that they created and it's now turned into this its own thing that seems to be potentially one of the best things Alexa Bliss has ever done. You know? I was thinking back like about some of her old merch. Like, she's had, like, these voodoo dolls and stuff in the past. It always seemed like she wanted to be something like this, like a darker character, but wasn't really given the opportunity. She was always that version of her. So this this just seems to be fitting together really, really well. And, uh, yeah, I think that they're giving Raw, I think, a lot of the talent, like AJ and, Bra, or, uh, and, and uh, Bray, that can do a lot of the creative stuff on their own, I feel like, right? Raw hasn't been as good about utilizing their talent, so giving them guys that kind of have full grasp of their characters as whatnot, you know, and whatnot to, to be the, the, the main superstars, it, it's a good move, you know? And then SmackDown can be given, literally at this point, I feel like SmackDown can be given whatever, and they will, they will make it shine. Uh, I'm I'm actually excited for Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler to be on SmackDown. I think they will get a great opportunity now to actually work with people that will, you know, like accentuate their positives and and make them into kind of more than than these mid card guys that they've kind of been on on Raw. You know, I know. I'm excited to hear that. Well, and and I know Dolph. <laughs> Dolph isn't exactly, I shouldn't say that about Dolph because fuck, man. I mean, you'll be the guy, Derek. What? <laughs> the guy excited. I'll be the one. <laughs> we should let Dolph and Bobby know. <laughs> I know. I'll be the one. Um, I don't know. I just, I've, the only time I really ever liked Bobby Roode was for a brief time in the TNA when he was suit Bobby Roode, not hanging out with him. It's after he ditched James Storm. Uh, 
I just can't get into this character where he's like facsimile. He's like a Xerox copy of a Xerox of Ric Flair. Like, you know, you've put it through a couple times, so it doesn't necessarily hold oh, up. Oh, man, that's bad. You know, it's, you're not wrong, though. You're not no. wrong. Like, it's a, it, it's a, it's a terrible-looking copy. And uh, it got mixed up with a with. Were you a, almost sick? I made, do I need to increase the toner? No, the toner is fine. No, <laughs> no, something weird uh, happened here. Someone left a Rick Rude picture on here too long, and then when you tried to do the Ric Flair facsimile, it's like burned into the image too. I'll say <laughs> this: uh, he, that dude, might definitely be a victim of that fucking song. Right? I hate that damn song. Yeah, well, I do too. Here, terrible. Here's what's funny is, is going back to back in the day, the song wasn't even meant for him, right? But then it somehow yeah. got bestowed upon him, and at the time it felt like it was like... Imagine Nakamura coming out to that shit. I know, That right? was supposed to be Shinsuke's? Uh, yep. Yeah, it was supposed to be Shinsuke's. A couple people. Oh, they would put a shit to bed with that one. There were several yeah. people it was supposed to be. And... God, Shinsuke would have sucked coming out with that. And here's the thing is that they um they they based it seems like his whole character around that like when you talk about the robe and everything all of that seems to be associated with the glorious thing more than what we ever knew about robert Roode or what his character ever was right he 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 would he would be much better as like a jbl type gimmick you know where he's just the rich guy that's wears suits yeah. like, like you said everything that we saw from him uh, post breakup of beer money in Impact Wrestling, it would have been it would have been great to see. But instead, we get this guy that, like I said, it's it's oddly based on his entrance music. In my opinion, I could be wrong about that, but it seems like even 100%. that fucking robe is based on him being glorious, Bobby Roode, and that's all based on that fucking song. It wasn't even meant for him, which is why well, it seems like he had robes when he was first in in uh, TNA. So I think he just brought that back for this. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I can't get into it. And I think he's a, definitely a hell of a wrestler. He's not a, like a I, bad in the ring at all. It's I just, agree. I can't connect at all. Yeah. Um, what about the, uh, we didn't really talk about the, the split of the new day. Oh yeah. That has a lot of people upset, man. I mean, isn't that funny? Like people are legitimately upset. This, I can get it, and I get it, too. It's like, wow, this tag team got broken up over two different shows, and we're all, like, legitimately like, like what the... F WD, what the fuck are you doing to us? Well, it, yeah. the, you, you know, you look at the New Day, and they are they got history. You know, they're, they're more than just... Six years, man. A team that they split up. This is a team that's been together forever, seen a tremendous amount of success. We, we always knew, in a way that this had to happen. We yeah. have speculated about it. We've talked yeah. about big E turning heel and all this other stuff. At least they didn't do that to you. Right. I, I've talked about that so much and everyone's like, no, we can't have these guys turning on each other. And I was praying that they use that heat cause it is so natural, but yeah, they're right. Having them not break up where one of them turns on the other ones is probably the better way to go. It's hard. Because if you do that, there's no going back. You know, like, WWE too often likes to return back and, and mend fences and all of that. And 
shit. But that'd man. be too much of a betrayal. Yeah, I mean, they didn't they even do that with the shield for a brief fucking second where they kind of got back together and then they yeah. still turned on yeah. each other again. Like yeah, yeah, initially it was uh, Dean and Seth wherever they started palling around again, which fuck makes no fucking sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's the problem with that is when it's that when it's that level of betrayal, when it's the level of betrayal that Devin Spark seems to feel from me, just kind of palling around out here with other tag teams who happen to be Puerto Rican, and I'm just, you know, just talking with them and making videos for them and hanging out. I'm not making any commitments. I'm not managing anybody else. But Devin Sparks felt enough betrayal to address it this week's episode of the Hogsman Podcast. That's deep betrayal. I don't know if I could come back from that. I don't know if they could come back from that ever. You know what I mean? That's the way this shit fucking rolls. Uh, way to swerve! Way to swerve the topic to make it about you. No, you know what? I like to always make things about me, Rock. You haven't been paying attention on this podcast long enough, apparently. Yes. Uh, hey, no, hey, but no, one no. more thing. One more <laughs> thing about SmackDown. And when and we actually talked about this yesterday when we were enjoying some delicious barbecue for lunch. Mm, yes, um, we I, I really appreciated the uh, the love shown to Eddie Guerrero on his birthday by Ricochet. That was incredible with the chair. And yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah, was yeah. so fucking good, man. It was it was a great little uh, great little ploy Ricochet had to end his his business with the hurt business once and for all, so that they would yeah. continue harassing him. Especially now that Apollo Cruz has uh, parted ways to SmackDown. Uh, that's another partnership we've talked about not really filling in the past. And I think that that's probably best for both guys. Uh, but it sucks too, because we know that they're real friends in real life. And it's kind of like when they break up some of these people who are in a relationship and put them on different shows for the time being, that's okay with them all being in Orlando, but you know, it sucks. I think, uh, I think naturally, even as fans that love stories and blah, 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 all this other stuff, we want these people to be happy. And, you know, especially with like Ricochet and Apollo, I know that they're, they're solid, solid friends have been for years. Um, I just think for them career wise, this is the best thing. I, I, I really think that they have kind of dwindled in mediocrity as this like little group. I don't, I don't know where this whole situation is going to go with redemption. Uh, the one thing we haven't talked about is that Ali was revealed uh, apparently to be the leader of redemption, which uh, in my mind, at least in my opinion, made it exponentially cooler. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I did dig that. Uh, I do think it's, funny how uh mercedes martinez is no longer in the group she's gonna be like the nope. the little sister judy from family matters like everyone's gonna forget she was even part of the family at some point uh what what the hell man like all of a sudden they add this cool leader and they gotta drop somebody i wonder what happened do you think it's something where they just didn't think she fit they had better plans for her on nxt i have no I idea she fit i don't think she fit well because we've seen lots of people and at times we've been able to identify lots of NXT talent as these people that didn't end up being the final ones, right? Maybe she's too strong of a personality to not either lead the group or be like a focal point. I don't know. I would, never know. I wouldn't be surprised if the bigger idea there is that they don't need that many women in the group. 
because if they just have two, the two will be enough to be a tag team together and challenge for the tag team championships. And if they need to go one-on-one, then they can. But then that doesn't leave it as a weird, awkward number of three. I don't fucking know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. I think it's really dumb that they still have them coming out with more than just the group. You know, like the the additional members that it's uh, like evil order style where they're not even claiming them <laughs> to be order. uh you, you know they they they're not even claiming them to be the right people for yeah, the group they're literally like pawns or cannon fodder yeah <laughs> not even like, that i'm still annoyed that that one dude is still coming out with that paper plate mask from catering like <laughs> slapjack how did you improve the mask it's he's running with it too. He's like photoshopping his mask on everything on the internet. I swear to God, some of the internet trolling gimmick stuff—they're stealing my gimmick, dude. All the photoshops, bro. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I WWE, know. man. I know. With my money. I know you don't like that. That's uh, that's getting in your your area. You know, one thing I didn't like—me uh, and Rock were big fans of the fact that WWE on Fox sent out this picture of Drew McIntyre in this lovely. Lovely long white suit, uh, very akin to what LeBron wore when he was drafted uh, for him being the number one draft pick. And I told Drew that it was my favorite thing he's ever done. And then he revealed to me that it was photoshopped. And that made me sad because I I just <laughs> I had this great image of him actually my... putting that suit on and taking a picture with it. That's a yeah. great photo though, man. It's so good. It's a really good picture. Yeah, I didn't so see good. it. Send it to me. I, w- I will, and kudos to whoever uh, did that because uh, it's a great Photoshop. I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, no, uh, anything else kind of stand out for you guys in the draft? I thought that it was uh, unspectacular, but there there were a few key pieces that moved around. I definitely think, like you said, Raw got stronger, and SmackDown has some more people to work with and i'm sure they'll make them shine well it's always a fair draft when you know one brand gets three picks to your what the hell was that about and then they don't even get the first tag team but they don't even get the first pick in the next round then either smackdown never got the first pick at all in any round what the fuck was that about yeah no no i the whole presentation kind of stank dude just having stephanie to come out here and read this bullshit instead of individual representation from each show like they could have had pierce from raw and she could have represented smackdown like they don't need to explain why she's a smackdown representation but it just was really really fucking boring yeah boring it was like your it's like your teacher coming out and reading the announcements all right so you're gonna go to this and you're gonna go to this and you're gonna this all right Let's yeah. back to the wrestling. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It felt unnecessary. If you were going to do that with it, then make something happen, right? Uh AEW tonight had a a draw for what four tag teams were going to compete, right? And again, it's they did so much with just this ping pong ball draw in the middle of the ring as to which four teams would participate in this number one contenders match for the, for the tag team championship. It, it, it made me long for those days. It made me long for the days of the Royal rumble when they would have those funny segments backstage with them picking numbers and, and going back there and trying to convince them to give them a good, 
you know, position in the, in the Royal Rumble and this and that, like they have gotten so lazy creatively. Well, where they fucked up, dude, is they tried to make it like a realistic draft and not it's wrestling, like make it fun. Like you guys can have clearly these worked picked outcomes for who's going to get drafted, but make it look random. Like, we will be excited. Like, holy shit, they randomly got Braun Strowman on Raw? Rad! And he's paired up with The Fiend? Whoa, cool. Instead of, all right, Raw picks The Fiend. Like, yeah. What the fuck? It's boring as fuck. We're, we're going we're to pick, um, who was it? Mandy Rose before we pick people that have been champions in their past. Yeah, it's nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd also like to point out that uh, Andrade is still, as of tonight, undrafted. I was amazed I, to see Angel Garza, by the words. way. Go that back makes to me NXT. Eat my words. I was saying uh, they were going to do something awesome with him because he got that promo, and they totally did not. It's, uh, I don't get it, man. He's w- so good. Yeah. And WWE live television is this weird combination of them not being prepared them still having no problem with like testing people on live television to see how they go and then making decisions on what they're going to do with them in the future based on how like tonight this one night goes you know what i mean like there is a lot of things that i am still amazed by considering how big they've grown uh when i when i when i hear stuff from people that you know are experts or they're they're even connected with insiders in the company. It, it's it's mind boggling, you know. I get it though. Dude, uh, Rock is right though. Andrade's got to go back to NXT because the best fit is with him and Phantasma's group, either against them or with them. His uh, month. Like, if he showed up and like talked about uh-huh. the tradition of lucha that he knows and had his La Sombra mask and. Either way they go with him, either with them or against them, money. That's it, man. That's 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 it. Fantasy book right there. Yep, that's it. You know, and the best part is you could go either way legitimately, and they're both great. They'd be awesome. I I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that you could go back to an episode of this show like three years ago and hear us talk about even dreaming about like Roman Reigns being paired with Paul Heyman and talking about him being like represented the way that he's being represented now. But the, the magnificent part about it is I, I don't care that we said it because there were a lot of people, a lot of dumbass pro wrestling podcasts at the time talking about what, you know, would make sense to do with Roman Reigns and why he wasn't over with the fans and blah, 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 blah. Right. And they all said, well, and I don't, with well, and I, I don't know, but I'm just saying like that, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, I don't think of that as being some sort of revolutionary idea, some sort of epiphany that we had that yeah. no one else came up with. I would see that as being a very, very likely thing that people thought of, especially when he was in the program with Brock and especially when him and Heyman started having those discussions way back then of his involvement with, with Roman's family and how long he's been a part of, you know, his lineage and all of that. Imagine I, they did the double turn during that program though, where <laughs> Heyman goes with fucking Roman and that makes Brock a baby face at that time. Oh my now, God. That would have been see, so cool. That's 
that's that special type of striking while the iron's hot thinking, right? Yep. That's where you turn that on the head based on the reaction that you're getting from people based on the way that the promos and shit are going. And yeah, I agree with you, but it's amazing now that we're here at this point and you're sitting here looking, especially at like Roman on SmackDown, talking to Jay Uso and giving him all this shit about the, uh, uh, I quit match in a hell in a cell and like just how calm, cool and collect he is while being this mafioso type chief. And it's awesome. You know, it's better than I ever even thought it would be, right? But he's It's hitting... how I thought the, the silent Roman Reigns would have behaved. Yeah. The one, that, the one that was in the shield that didn't talk, I always thought if he got a microphone, this is how he would have behaved. Right. Not saying suffering succotash and shit like Fuck that, no. right? You're absolutely right. Like, there was a time where we loved Roman possibly more than than Dean and Seth because of that mis mysterious factor. I know I loved him after I had a chance to interview him and he fucking came across as being so charismatic to me and it surprised me, right? Like, I remember talking to Big E and not being, like, we interviewed Big E and I wasn't surprised at all because we had been big fans of his Instagram and when he was the exact person we thought he was going to be from his Instagram, it, it didn't disappoint. But... Roman, Roman made these jokes about replacing Troy Polamalu, uh, for the head and shoulders spokesperson at the time. And he was very funny and very charismatic. And it was very different from like what you're saying, the, the character that we were seeing on TV that I think that's the problem is that I enjoyed in my interview talking to that guy who like he was, he was doing the John Cena thing. Man, he was, he was, he was stepping up and he was putting a smile on to talk to somebody like me from the steelcage.com. And I'm not knocking our website or our podcast, but I'm just saying say, he was giving, he was giving me the same type of respect he would give. Like, you know, he was, he was trying. I know the difference when I talk to these guys over the phone, when they're trying versus when they're not trying. I find myself trying harder to get them engaged when they're not trying. And I try to ask funnier questions or I try to ask something that's all right. Well, obviously this guy doesn't want to talk about wrestling. So let me switch gears and talk about one of the other questions I had for him. That's not wrestling related or something like that. Just something where I can get like some fun answers out of him and not canned answers. You know, I remember talking to Dean Ambrose and I couldn't believe how much he fucking, like lit up talking about house shows and how much he loved house shows and why he loved house shows. And I was shocked because I didn't expect this guy to ever care about talking about wrestling. I thought I was going to have to talk about like leather jackets or not shaving or some shit. And he fucking, <laughs> you know, he, he was all about talking about pro wrestling, but he was talking about how much he loved house shows because of it being in his opinion, what wrestling really was, which is, you know, calling the match on the fly and kind of playing to the audience that night, whether it's this, you know, whether they were rooting more for him or root for the other guy and like changing shit up. He was just basically talking about like his love for being an indie wrestler is almost what it sounded like, you know, versus I just imagine the conversation of two people discussing the concept of not shaving, not shaving. Oh. <laughs> like, did you shave? No, dude. no, I didn't yeah, shave. Did I you did. shave? No, fuck no. I don't like shaving. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, these guys are, are good dudes, but you know, um, 
going back to my original point when I got off on this tangent, like about Roman and such, there just comes this time where stuff fits perfectly. And you saying that move to NXT and, and, you know, going with Legato, Legato del Fantasma, like that's an amazing connection. And I mean, I, I would love to see that in a slow burn. I would love to see him, resist the group first and then eventually join it whatever the case may be i don't care i want to see it play out as long as possible and i would love to see him as part of that group you know that that group is los ingobernables to to an extent you know and i think he'd fit right in you know yeah i i think that's one of the things that wwe's done successfully lately has been kind of doing those moves moves that are obvious you know like it almost feels sometimes like they're trying to be so tricky that they that they work themselves into a shoot about their booking, you know, where they they are trying to trick us or they're trying to surprise us so much that they're doing dumb shit that doesn't make any sense. Just like to... retribution, man. They they wanted to we were kind of into it and we wanted to see who these people are, and when they revealed who the people are, everyone was kinda of like, Huh? Okay. Those, those guys? All right, I guess we're running with this. So yeah, and you get hard to live up to the way they set retribution up. Unfortunately, you know what's weird is just wearing a baklava is so much more like intimidating than wearing like this Bane style mask. I I, I really don't like the the fact that we can't acknowledge who these people are, even though we can see seventy five percent of their faces. Uh, <laughs> That drives me nuts. It's this very Bruce Wayne Batman factor for me that I I can't get over. Like I also want to say that it's hilarious that you said they're wearing a baklava, which is a sweet when they're wearing I said balaclavas. Balaclava. <laughs> but uh, I like how they're watching wearing look, baklavas on their face. Baklava. Okay, my Middle Eastern friends would even correct me on the way I pronounced it. Sorry, it's a bad That's night awesome. with words for me. Um, and I, and I, dude, I, I apologize. I'm so akin to like just listening fine tune like that. So I apologize for calling you out. No, that's fine. That's fine. Call me out. I don't all generally night. apologize. Just like I, I like to tease you. I just I, want you to know it's. I hate you. I hate you. Just. Well, I'm that. leaving the show now. Well, Rock, good. It's been fun. Good. Uh, Derek, Get the fuck out of here. Peace. Fine. Is that <laughs> it? Oh, he's just making that, that was sound. The he's not doing that. Wow. Uh, all right, so uh, NXT was the last thing I did want to talk about getting left out of this draft. Uh, what what the fuck? Right? I mean, yeah. does NXT Again, not count? Excitement. Why wouldn't they pick somebody? Or why wouldn't NXT have representation? Like, wouldn't it be dope if NXT came and said, I want such and such, and maybe either the dude was stoked he was going to NXT for an opportunity or maybe they saw it as a demotion and get all pissed off and murder their family. Yeah. Whoa. That got, that got dark fast, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you mean. I know what your sentiment was, was there. A terrible but... joke. I'm sorry. Jeez, you God. Yeah. You're getting on me about mispronouncing words tonight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But no, I, uh, I, I, I was think... rabid like, <laughs> uh, huh. I, I think that the one thing that it proves once again is NXT is not an equal brand, even when they win Survivor Series. Right. Oh man. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. It 
it seems like the perfect kind of thing to not only legitimize NXT, but like you said, just inject some new blood into the main roster. Fuck doing your, you know, fuck doing your post WrestleMania call-ups. Just do it during the draft. And that could be when guys get called up. And Damn when it, guys Derek, get you just got to be bummed out for Survivor Series. I'm sorry. Now I'm because now I want there to be four on four matches with everybody, and I know there won't be. Yeah, because they don't yeah, think of them as being an equal brand. Fuckers. We'll get war games though, or we should get war games because war games is typically the that's an NXT pay per view thing. That's but, an NXT pay per view. But I don't think can they do war games from the performance center? I don't know. It's not the performance center anymore. It's the Capital Wrestling Center now. And yeah, what the no, hell? NXT is not in the, in the Thunderdome. It is not. It's the Capital Wrestling Center. Yeah, the the oh. Performance Center is now called the Capital Wrestling Center. No, no, no. Oh, it's not the report. Performance Center being called that. It's now the Capital Wrestling Center. <laughs> okay, so they used to have this thing called the Performance Center. They've uh-huh. gotten rid of that name. That's gone. But now they have the Capital Wrestling Center. There is chain link fences and barrier plastic barrier i like that look actually to be honest with you it's it's an improvement i also like the fans being up on the walls and stuff i like the uh pictures of of big vince being up there too i i think it's classy for for nxt and i think it it at least brings them a little closer to being part of the thunderdome but not all the way why does the performance center excuse me capital wrestling center Mm -hmm. why do they get fans but the thunderdome doesn't there's no room with all the screens because of the fucking Thunderdome. Ah. They put so many screens in there, there's not room. That's not my people. fault. That's not my fault. They um, have guys just sitting on monitors. The, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins, within a month, will have a football game with 62,000 people attending it based on the approval from the government in Florida. How soon until... How soon until WWE has uh, 50,000 people in, in the Thunderdome in in life, in real life? <laughs> Never. Yeah, I don't no. know. I know? Uh, Is it a bad hope, look for them? Soon. Do they, do, do you think, do you, because I feel like they're sporadically waiting for like real sports to do it first and then they'll do it once real sports have done it, but. Yeah. Yeah, they were the ones that took forever to actually stop oh, having yeah. fans. They're not going to be the guinea pigs. It's a smart move not to be the guinea pig, that's for sure. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, WWE's gotten a lot of flack with a lot of the other stuff they've been doing. Interestingly enough, I didn't know this. Did you know the reason why Velveteen Dream was not on television there for a while was because he got in a car accident? Yeah. Was he on his way to meet up with a... No, he was grooming? no not according to the WWE. No, he no, was sir. grooming boys, actually. Nope, oh. nope, nope. That's not true either, according to the WWE. That's alleged. <laughs> that's alleged. You'll get sued making those accusations on this podcast. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, shit, yeah, allegedly. 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 Uh, but WWE has looked into all those issues and found that none of them were to be true. But by the way, he was just in a car accident during those times while those allegations were being investigated. Yeah, I did, I did so, hear that. Are we happy he wasn't seriously injured or are we indifferent? 
Something different. I don't I, I know anymore. Eric told that he suspects that it was not even a real car accident. I'm I, thanks for picking that <laughs> yeah. up, Beak. Yeah, I was laying that down pretty <laughs> thick. I felt like, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think that some of this shit makes it so hard. Like, it's increasingly harder to watch WWE television for me because there's this lack of resolution on these issues that linger. And it's the reason why accusations are so damning. Is Do they have to let it linger? No, they don't have to let it linger. Don't fuck, don't start making me sing cranberries, you son of a bitch. <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, but no. Happy God damn it. No, that's going to be stuck in my head too. Ah, you're the one. I had two stones before this one. Stuck in my head today. Damn it! What'd you have stuck? Wilson Phillips. Oh, don't! uh, Yeah, he did that earlier to me. (laughs) He had me walking around my fucking house singing "Hold On" for one more day. Derek, I've been doing the same shit. Don't, don't. While I've been working all day. It's all right, Derek. Life is a highway. Oh, see, you're gonna do that too. I sent you a video of me listening to that song in the car because of this. Don't get me started. Get me all revved up on these songs. I'm never going to go to sleep. They're all going to be stuck in my head. Uh, I'm legitimately crying over here. Damn it. I don't even know what we were talking about anymore. Should I just wrap this up? Was there an opinion I needed to be given here? What were we talking about? Uh, You were talking about storylines sometimes lingering and not necessarily. That's yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. No. I can't ball on that one. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it because I just I want to. Said you have to. All right. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to episode four twenty six. Before we go, I think we should do winners of the week. Uh, We had a lot of wrestling. Beak watched seventy two hours of wrestling straight without sleeping. So I'm going to go ahead and give it off to him and ask him who his winner of the week was, be it from the collective or the draft or anywhere else. Uh, I'm torn. I want to go winner of the week, Lee Moriarty, for the the catalog of matches he had over the weekend were tremendous and they were all high level. And I also want to go with AJ gray. Cause he also had some spectacular matches and walked out with some title belts. Um, but since wrestling's a work and title belts don't mean shit, I'm going with Lee. There you go. There you go. God, I love that. I love that reasoning. Uh, rock. I'll turn it over to you. Winner of the week. Winner of the week. Um, was there a winner of the week that I... Is there somebody I think is worthy? Okay, you know what? I'm just going to throw this out there. Cause even though I think it's absolutely, completely ridiculous. But um, everybody's favorite, Lana, won a battle royal. Yeah! Crash, crash, um, for the for, for the woman's title. So, um, congrats to Lana. Yeah! I guess she's, she's the winner of the week. You gave I, it to I, Lana? I think... chef's kiss uh yeah that that storyline is so funny because like it totally looked like they were setting up uh natasha natalia of course natasha (laughs) you idiot you messed up a word you dummy 
but they it's they broke them up within the same show. So at the same time, it was clear that Lana was going to screw her over. Like I, I don't know why they had to put those together and then split them up so quick just so Lana can get squashed by Oscar. It's that's ridiculous. Uh yeah, that that's one of those cases where I could definitely say they've uh, they 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 made a mistake by thinking that they're mistake. swerving us and they might have just swerved themselves. Yeah, what a uh, terrible match. My winner of the week is going to be Kyle O'Reilly for that match with Finn Balor. I could easily give it to either one of those guys. Man, let's be honest, they both absolutely deserve it. They killed themselves and each other for our entertainment. I thought that they sold uh, the promotion of the match extremely well. And I like the fact that there is this, you know, like additional tension with the undisputed era and it's not actually there. It's like with us as fans, but we know like something's coming. We know that there's no way that the undisputed era is going to be completely cool with it. So who knows? Maybe the swerve is that they are cool with it. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, those I, guys are bros. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, my only fault with the undisputed era is that three out of the four are absolutely stellar single stars that, could be very valuable to the roster and to the company as oh, why you gotta do Roger. So Bobby like fish is trash, huh? Yeah. <laughs> see, he got it. He got the thing I was doing. Um, I was, I, I did too, but I was being ironic. I know. I know what you were doing. You, you didn't know. You're being a contrarian is what you were doing. And you're trying to change my words. And that's probably the only word that I got right tonight. So I'm going to wrap me. it up there and end it now. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Actually, to... real quick, man. Real no, quick, what? I would be, I would be remiss. I, I, I just got to mention. You got to give a big. Um, I got some pretty bad news before we did this. Oh, so yeah, thank y'all for having me um, tonight. Just want to give a big R.I.P. to my man Kelly. Um, definitely gone too soon, bro. Uh, we had some incredible times with Hip Hop Show and Tell Thursdays. Classic matches on SmackDown on the PS2. Um, <laughs> The classic Tijuana story that not everybody knows about, but not everybody needs to know about that story. I love you, man. You're definitely going too soon. R.I.P., brother. Yeah, man. Sorry, yes, sorry to hear about your loss, and sorry to hear about the world's loss. It it's it, it gets rough, man, as we get older, especially when um, people that are your same age and and yeah. your friends you kicked it with, uh, you know, start start losing the battle. Um, you know, all I can say is, is, uh, everybody needs to try to love each other a little more. I think that Absolutely. It's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that, Yelly. you know, in, in today's society. Uh, I know I run past four of my neighbor's houses that have, uh, excessive amounts of Trump flags hanging out front. Even one guy that mm-hmm. has a Confederate flag, a pair of Confederate flags hanging out front of his house. It makes it really hard for me because I feel myself swelling up with feelings of hatred towards people over, honestly, honestly, putting all this shit aside, fucking fabric hanging from their houses with with multiple colors on it and and words printed on it, right? Uh, I've met some of these people in real life and they always seem like decent human beings to me, but it doesn't change the fact that during this particular time of contention, and of just civil unrest in our country that it uh 
it, it makes me swell up with feelings of hating my own neighbors. And that sucks. I, I wish that wasn't my reaction, but I, I, I still am able to understand it's a, it's a natural reaction that I can control, but it, it's, it's something that still comes up in me. Right. I, I kind of hate that that's where we're at in our society. So, uh, you know, everybody love everybody and, and try to get along a little bit more. Uh, that's, that's the, that's the piece of advice that we can give you this week. And we can thank you also for listening to this very stupid podcast. Uh, this is episode 426. You can get us all on Twitter. I am at cap underscore K man with a K rock is at rock knowledge. That's R O K N O W L E D G E. Uh, and yep. James Vanderbeek at James Vanderbeek, J A I M S Vanderbeek is where you can find our Uncle Beak. But of course, all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. Shoot us an email at podcast at the Steel and it'll get lost somewhere in the shuffle with our bills and our other stuff. Uh, and check out our store, it's the Steel Cage Shop.com. Uh, you can get our lovely shirts. They are the king of soft style. There's a stupid shirt that Josh made that I fucking hate him for, and that's why um, it's a glorious shirt. I made him move to Idaho. Uh, also, <laughs> you made him move to Idaho. Don't worry about it. Shut up. Uh, Beak has a store, and I'm gonna try to get it right now. It's just Pentagonzo.com. Yay! Yeah! Fuck we yeah. simplified it for you, Derek. Yep, I was getting it wrong so often that Josh went out and bought the site pentagonzo.com that will redirect you to wherever the hell you can find our Uncle Beak shirts at. So go to pentagonzo.com oh, yeah. and get yeah. some of his shirts. They're fun. They're ridiculous. You'll have a laugh. You wear them to the show. People will look at them and they'll say, hey, that's not right. And you're like, I know. And then you guys will be best friends forever. That's the way. <laughs> Uh, that's the, I think that, of which I just got a cease and desist for my uh, dynamic dudes one that was a skater die parody. So oh, I just no! reworked it, re- removed skater die and any reference to Nintendo. Nintendo came after. Oh, me. Nintendo came at you. Nintendo. Yeah, man. Oh shit. Yeah, don't fuck with Mario. Mario will fuck you up. Um, you know, I will say this. Going back to my loving everybody and everything from the collective. The saddest part about this situation has been uh, I really love going to wrestling shows and like hanging out with friends and meeting new people, meeting people from Twitter. That's how my my Uncle Peak and I, that's why we hug so much is because one time we hugged at PWG and then we never stopped hugging forever. And yep. like that's the thing I think that makes me the most sad about this is even if I go to this GCW show and even if it ends up occurring, uh, myself and, and my friend Megaran, we are going to be staying as far away from every other human being at this show as possible. There will be no mingling. There will be no socializing. There will be no daps. There will be no hugs. There will be no going out to eat. There's a girl that wants me to go eat churros at this amazing churro place. I'm not saying I'm not going to the churro place, but I'm probably not going to go with them. And it's no offense to them. It's offense to (laughs) fucking COVID and this whole situation. And I will be staying in my own little area. If I do go pray for me. Um, That's all I have to say. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 426. And remember, kids, I'm probably going to still fucking go to the show. I don't know what to say. I'm going to go. I I wish I was a better person to say I'm going to cancel, but I'm not. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the show. Hey, man, if you come back with COVID and you fuck up our bi-weekly mandate, I'm going to fuck you up. No. I have no promises. <laughs> no promises. Yeah, you push me to the limit.